How many came for a word from God? Amen. If you came for something else, you're in the wrong place. Amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark. Amen. Am I on? Okay, I'm still having ear problems here, so I can't tell. Mark chapter 11, if you would. I want to uh, kind of piggyback off this morning, but go in a different direction. For anybody that was in nursery or not here this morning, we, we talked uh, this morning about a man who had had a great tragedy this last week and uh, how he uh, was able to realize that there's more to this life than just living, amen, and his wife was tragically killed in a head-on car accident. A uh, woman was going 92 miles an hour and hit her head on and she died and he was able to get up and do the eulogy and talk about how uh, he knew where his wife was. Amen. That was such a blessing. But the other thing that he did I want to talk about tonight is something that could be preached every single service and never lack being talked about. And that's the other part of what he did when he forgave. I want to talk about forgiveness tonight. And he said, he said, we hold no ill will towards the family or this woman who took his wife. And how many know if you were in that place, that's not easy to do. And uh, he, he did it with a sincere heart. You could tell that he was meaning it from his heart. And um, I want to talk tonight about forgiveness because it's so, so vital to our walk with the Lord. You know, if it's, it's really this simple as we get into this and we read in just a moment. If you can't forgive, you can't be saved. That's a bold statement, but it's that true. And I believe that a lot of people are not walking in victory or blessings are not coming their way because they have not gotten this revelation yet or they have not been able to do it. They maybe understand the concept of forgiveness, but they've not been able to forgive. And it's something that you have to do. Forgiveness is not an option. It's not an option tonight, amen. It's something we are commanded to do and something we have to do. And I'm going to give you a statement to start off. And I've got a couple just tonight that I thought were really powerful. And uh, we're going to read Mark 11 in just a second. It says, actually, let's read Mark 11 first. Are you there? Verse 25, Jesus' words. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. How many know those are some tough words to swallow right there? But that's the gospel. That's the truth. Jesus makes it real simple. How many like simple? Not simple to do, but simple to understand. He says, I died for you I gave my life for you I sacrificed came down from heaven became a man and died for you for your forgiveness and he says I will die I will I will forgive everything you've ever done no matter what it is I'll forgive it I'm faithful and just to do it but I will not forgive you if you do not forgive others that's exactly what he's saying that's in simple terms. That doesn't mean it's simple to forgive, but it's not a question. I don't see a question mark in here. Do you see a question mark in there? I don't see a wording that leaves any room for any other understanding than what he says. Now, this is Jesus. This is red letter. 
And, and I really believe that a lot of times, even in church, we can, we can be in a place that maybe we're at 60%. Maybe we've forgiven 60% or maybe we've forgiven 50 or 80 or whatever. God didn't say 80 or 50 or 60. He said everything. And he said, if you pray, and here's the problem. A lot of times we've got good hearts. We love people. We love God. We want to serve him. But there's a roof over our prayers. There's a wall over our prayers. There's a glass ceiling over our prayers. And our prayers are going up, and we wonder, why is God not answering my prayers? Why, why am I not hearing the answer? Why am I not hearing his voice? And it's not always this reason, but sometimes it can be the reason we're praying and our prayers are hitting the ceiling. Because he says here, if you stand and pray, verse 25, if you stand and pray and you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That you, you sorry, that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. That's cut and dry. You forgive, I'll forgive you. Okay? That does, that's, that's, a, that's, that's an if. That's a but. That's a clause. That's God saying, I'm willing to forgive you, but you must forgive others. How many think that's fair? I think it's fair. And what we do a lot of times as believers is we, we, we want the forgiveness, but we don't want to give the forgiveness. We want to receive, but we don't want to give. And that's kind of how our nature is. And Jesus said, let me just attack the nature of my people and tell them, I'll listen to your prayers. I'll hear your prayers. But I need you to stand praying and I need you to forgive. Now, how many have ever had something really bad happen that was really hard to forgive? I'm sure there's not a person in here that hasn't. If you haven't, you probably haven't been long, alive long enough for that to happen. What about, what about something like this thing, this story this last week where it was something totally accidental. That the person didn't even know that person. But something happened that changed his entire life. Again, for anybody that wasn't in here this morning, spouses, can you imagine getting the news that your spouse has been killed in a, in a head-on collision and, you're, and, you're, and she's no longer there and you have five kids, ages 5 to 17. How that would change your world forever. And to be able to stand up in the, in the funeral and say, I forgive that person. Amen? My uncle Don was just telling me this afternoon about some uh, some shootings. How many years ago was that? Do you remember? Maybe six. You guys will remember there was some shootings up in in in, in and it was in Ohio, Pennsylvania with the Amish. Do y'all remember that when there was a shooting with a bunch of Amish people were killed and shot, and there was kids and all this. I remember that in the news. And he was telling me about how those Amish people forgave that person that killed their kids and their families and even went a step further and went and blessed and helped and, and, and ministered to the family of that man. That's forgiveness. It's easy to say it, but it's not easy to do it. But how many know we have the greatest example ever in Jesus? If there was anybody that didn't have to forgive, it was God. And God said, I'm going to do something that no one else has ever been able to do. But because I do it, I expect you to do the same thing. So we need to really focus tonight. And I'm going to give you something that's going to help you. We need to focus on this and understand that Jesus is very clear about this. And you can go to your grave not believing this, but it's still true. You cannot be forgiven if you do not forgive. He says in verse 26 again, I didn't get an amen there. Come on, the Bible says amen means so be it. You, if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So here's a statement. Forgive those who've hurt you. 
those who don't deserve it. Guess who doesn't deserve it more than anybody? Me and you. This is the cross Jesus asked us to carry. Let me say that again. Forgive those who hurt you. Love those who have sinned against you. Or don't deserve it, sorry. And this is the cross that Jesus asked us to carry. Here's another one. Sometimes people haven't apologized because they're ashamed. You ever thought about that, that maybe somebody hasn't apologized to you because they're ashamed of what they did? Forgive them anyway. How many know that you don't have to have somebody come and and ask for forgiveness to forgive them? We have the power this morning, or tonight, sorry, to forgive somebody without them asking us for forgiveness. That's what's so powerful about forgiveness. You don't have to be asked to forgive. And and someone might not even want your forgiveness, but guess what? You have the power over them to forgive them whether they want to be forgiven or not. They might say, I'm not going to go ask them for forgiveness. That way they can't forgive me. Well, you have no power over stopping me from forgiving you. I can forgive you whether you want me to forgive you or not because I'm the one that has the power to forgive. There's three things, listen, write this down. There's three things that you have that nobody can take from you. Prayer, love, and forgiveness. Those are three things that you do and have by your own will, and nobody can take them away. Help me know if you were sitting tonight in a jail cell, a prison cell, a a, a prisoner of war in some other country, or you were kidnapped and, God forbid, sitting in some room locked up and had nothing to eat and nothing around you, there's those three things right there could not be stripped from you. Love, prayer, and forgiveness. Love, prayer, and forgiveness. Those are powerful things. Here's another one. And I'm going to get into some scriptures, more scriptures this morning, tonight. Sorry, I keep thinking it's this morning. It's not this morning anymore, is it? Be the first to apologize, and you'll be the bravest. Be the first to forgive, and you'll be the strongest. Pay attention. And be the first to forget, and you'll be the happiest. I'll say that again. Be the first to forgive, sorry, to apologize, and you'll be the bravest. Be the first to forgive, you'll be the strongest. But if you want to be happy, be the first to forget. I can't forget. I can't. Yeah, you can. You choose not to forget. And every time you think about it, every time you, 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 you remember what it is that needs to be forgotten, you're bringing up that power, that power to hold you down again. Listen, when we are born again, with our born again experience, we receive the greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of the world, which is God's grace. Unmerited favor, forgiveness and grace, our sins are forgiven. Our sins are washed away because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Now, I want to tell you a couple things here. I'll give you a verse tonight that's very powerful. You've heard it before. Psalms 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and who heals all your diseases. What an awesome verse, amen? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and heals all your 
diseases. Now I want you to write three things down tonight that are important powers of forgiveness. Somebody or somebodies are going to get some deliverance at the altar tonight. Somebody or somebodies are going to get some breakthrough tonight because you're going to learn how to forgive or you're going to choose to forgive and I hope nobody chooses to say, nah, I'm just going to go another week like this. I can't, I can't do it. I hope nobody says that. hope that's nobody's mentality. Number one, to be able to forgive I, others... I must receive God's forgiveness for myself. Okay? I cannot forgive somebody else till I have forgiven myself. Till I understand that I am forgiven. Do you all understand that? I can't give the, give the, have the capacity to give till I receive and realize that God has forgiven me. I must believe what God's word says. I must believe that I have complete Say that word, complete forgiveness in my life. Okay, now here's some verses. Psalms 103, verse 12. This is how I believe that my sins are forgiven. Psalms 103, 12 says that my sins, and I say this a lot, are as far as the east is from the west. Amen? Our sins are as far as the east is from the west. You're never going to be able to forgive anybody until you believe that your sins are as far as the east is from the west. We are bottled up inside sometimes because we think, my God, I'm not, I can't forgive myself. I, God, the devil keeps bringing this up again. He keeps reminding me of the bad things that I have done, and I can't forgive myself. You must believe that God has forgiven you even when you can't forgive yourself. Amen. How many believe that tonight? Another verse that's so powerful about forgiveness is Romans 8.1. It says this, There is now no condemnation for who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is now no condemnation. So I must believe that I am not condemned tonight. I'm not walking according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Some people struggle with sins that they committed before they met the Lord. You might have been here tonight, say, five years, and you're still struggling with sins that you did, that you allow the devil to continue to remind you about. Why are you doing that? Why are you becoming and standing as a prisoner in your own cell by not forgiving yourself if Jesus has already forgiven you? Why are you holding on to that? Why are you allowing guilt and shame to destroy you when his word says there's no condemnation for you anymore if you are in Christ Jesus? And the sin that you keep trying to remember, I don't even remember it. And the sin that you keep feeling bad about is as far as the east is from the west. You must believe that you have been forgiven. Who's, who's, who's behind reminding you of what you've done? Not God. It's the devil. And he wants to keep on bringing it back up. And whenever you feel condemned, we've talked about this before, that's not God. There's a difference between, I preached a whole message on this, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. If you're feeling convicted about sin, that's one thing. But if you're feeling condemned, that's not God. 
Now here's one of the best verses in the Bible about forgiveness in 1 John 1, 9. I want to look at this for a second. We're still on point number one. You must receive God's forgiveness completely in your life to be able to see God move. Here's the, here's the key. Verse 1, sorry, chapter 1, verse 9 of 1 John. If we confess our sins, what does God do? How many know this verse? He is faithful and just to what? Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. If I say, Jesus, I have sinned, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive me of that sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. How many know all means all? That means everything you've ever done. Everything. Tell the person next to you, everything means everything. Everything. Oh, but come on, man, that was pretty bad. No, everything. All unrighteousness. That's what makes it so awesome to be saved because if it was our righteousness, we could not be forgiven. Because there's things we've done that we could never pay back that we can never make right. But God says, if you'll confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now listen to this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body. We've talked about that before. Jesus didn't just get on the cross and die a sacrificial death. He bore our sins on his body. We, we've got to understand that we're in March, February. We'll be in April soon, and we'll be talking heavily about the, the Passover time and how Jesus became the Passover lamb for us. But that's not just an April message. It's an all-year message. We must understand that he did not just die on that cross a physical death, but the worst thing was not the, 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 the stripes on his back or the pulling out of his beard or even the nails in his hands. The worst part of that was our sins on his body. So why would we continue to stand in the unforgiveness of God and the sin that we've committed if Jesus took that on his body? Why we hold on to that? He says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Listen, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. And we can first receive his, sorry, and here's where you hear this verse a lot, by his stripes. We are healed. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he died on the cross for our sickness. And sometimes those things go hand in hand. He died on the cross for our sins, and he died on the cross for our sickness. When you are being condemned by the devil, and he's telling you that sin you did is too wrong, it's too messed up, you tell the devil, by his stripes, I am healed from that sin that I did. When you're feeling sick in your body, you tell the devil, it's by his stripes, I am healed. Amen? The blood of Jesus still has power today in 2016 more than it did the day he shed it the bible says and the song says the blood will never lose its power amen it's power in the blood amen there's power in the blood of jesus the precious blood of the lamb 
He took that punishment. So think about this. What does it mean to be for him to be just? He's faithful and just to forgive us. Here's the answer. That means he's just because he took that punishment on him for us. Meaning this, that justice was, was done in God's eyes when Jesus died on the cross. Justice was done. So when it says he's faithful and just, that means he has met the requirement that God asked for. He has met the requirement. So if God has met the requirement, who else needs to meet the requirement? Nobody. God met it. So when you say, Jesus, forgive me for that sin, he says, I do and I'm able. I'm able because I paid the price on that cross. I did it for you and I have satisfied God with my life. So that means that the condemnation of the devil is a past lie. Whether it was a week ago or 10 years ago, it's in the past. And your past, you said it before, has no future. Your past is the past. Let it go. You can sit here and say, oh, you don't know how bad I've been hurt. You weren't there when these things happened. You don't know. I don't know, but I know who does. Jesus does. Jesus was there. Jesus paid for that sin. Jesus paid for that hurt. Jesus paid for that pain. He took it on his body, and he said, I'll die for you so you don't have to live this kind of life anymore. Give it to me. I am satisfied. I have satisfied what God asked for on the cross. Number two. So before we get there and do number two, say this, I forgive myself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to. Number two. These kind of go hand in hand, but number two, we must be willing to be repentant continually. The life of a Christian is, is not a one-time prayer at an altar, as so many people, I think, erroneously believe. A one-time prayer. Jesus, I believe. And they walk out and maybe never walk back into a church again, maybe never read a Bible again, maybe never talk to God again, but they said that prayer. It is a continual life of repentance. Repentance means to turn. So it's a continued life of turning away from who I was and turning to who Jesus wants me to be. I repent for my sins on a continual basis. When do I do it? Every time I sin. If you are having the habit of coming to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night and, and, and coming to the altar and, or being in the prayer room and saying, Lord, okay, I've got this list. Uh, Monday I did this and Tuesday I did this and Wednesday I did this. You're in trouble. Don't do it like that. Do it when it happens. Repent at the moment you make the mistake. Because if you don't, that mistake will turn into a bigger mistake. And that sin will turn into a bigger sin. If I've said it many times. If you don't deal with sin, sin will deal with you. So we must continually be repenting. And it must be a regular part of our prayer. What does that mean? It means I'm really sorry. It means I mean it. Here's the definition of repent. 
feel or express sincere regret. You can know where your walk is with the Lord if you could question yourself on that. How do I feel when I make a mistake? How do I feel when I sin? If you'll notice when you're really walking close to God, if you'll just be honest with yourself because that's what you need to be, if you'll look at your walk when you're really walking close with God, every little thing bothers you. And you're quick to recognize, I just made a mistake. I just had a thought. I just said a word. I just had an attitude. And it's sensitive. But when you begin to walk out of the fellowship of God and you begin to get a little cold and you begin to go seven days without prayer and you begin to go a few days without reading your Bible and you miss a few services and you just kind of begin to listen to old music or whatever, you just begin to get in this little pattern and things begin to happen. All of a sudden, that sin that bothered you before doesn't quite bother you now. And it's not that big of a deal. And as you go on unconfessing, sinning without confessing, unconfessed sin causes another unconfessed sin. And sin begins to build up in your life. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you are in trouble. Deal with it every day. Wake up in the morning with a spirit of repentance. Go to sleep at night with a spirit of repentance. Father, search my heart this morning as I wake up. God, look at me and tell me, Father, if there's anything in my life that needs to change. When you go to bed, Father, as I go to sleep tonight, Lord, forgive me for anything I've done today. Forgive me for anything I've said today. And then again, as it happens, repent of it. Feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin is the definition. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Before we get to the last point, I want to make a statement. It is important for us to acknowledge what sin is. We're in a generation today that that makes everything not so bad anymore. But let me tell you something, what God called sin has never changed. We're in a day today that wants, wants to just kind of soften that thing and make some gray areas, but sin is sin. Amen. There are, are, are no gray areas in God's eyes. Anything that goes against his word and against his will is a sin. You can try to justify it all you want. You can find somebody to hang out with you that'll justify it. But sin is always going to be sin. And sin separates us from God. So here's some examples. A bad habit. We might say, well, it's not a sin. That's just a bad habit I have. No, a bad habit is sin. I'm just a little weak. No, weakness is sin. It's just a little problem. How many know we, it's just a little white lie. Well, a little white lie is a sin. Just like a big sin, lie is, it's sin. It separates us. Here's another thing. Man would call it uh, uh, someone else's fault. We're always blaming everybody else. They made me do it. They made me fall. They, they tempted me. Man calls it someone else's fault. God calls it sin. Someone else, a man would call, would say, it's something I'm born with. This is just the way I am. God says, no, it's sin. Man would say, everybody else is doing it. Sometimes even in the church, everybody else is doing it. It's, it's not that big of a deal. God says, no, it's, it is a big deal. It's sin. 
So don't go by the definition of sin, what everybody else says. Go by what God's definition of sin is. Amen? Do what God says to do. Be right with God. Don't try to be right with man. Be right with God so you can sleep with peace at night, knowing that you are in good standing with God. Someone might say, well, what's sin? The Bible says very clearly that sin is knowing what is right and not doing it. Knowing what is right and not doing it. Repent was the first thing, as I close, the very first thing that Peter said to the men and women in Acts when they said, what shall we do to be saved? He said, repent. Repent. What does that mean? Turn. What does that mean? Regret. Be sorry for your sins. Number three, last one. We must be willing to forgive those who have wronged us. This goes back to the beginning. We must be willing to forgive those who have wronged us. Everybody has people who have wronged us. Everybody does. You must be willing. And listen, you can, I don't think anybody's doing it, but you could just sit there and say, I just, I just don't agree. No. Well, no one asked you if you agreed. God's definitely not asking you. We still need to remember that this book was written by God, not by man. And man changes, but God doesn't. Man changes his opinion. Man moves with the fads of the world, but God says, I'd change not. There's no variance in me. What was sin 6,000 years ago is sin today. What will be sin in 6,000 years was sin 6,000 years ago. Sin will always be sin. We need to understand that God wrote this book and if he says that if you want to be forgiven, you got to forgive, then you got to forgive to be forgiven. Don't try to rewrite the book or, or get around it because God's going to be waiting for you at every corner. He's going to be waiting for you at every turn. And he's going to be saying, I don't change. And I love you with an unfailing love, but quit trying to change me because I'm God. Amen. I'm not going to change. I am who I am. I'm the great I am. Amen. And if you just line up with what I say, you'll have a happy life. Amen. Quit trying to run again. Didn't he say that to Paul on the road to Damascus? Why are you kicking against the goads? Why are you going against what I say? Why are you trying to do things your way? Just get on board with me and you'll have a happy life. Just do what I say. Be obedient and forgive people. Oh, but that's so hard. Well, he forgave you. Every time you say it's hard, that's why we got to look in the mirror. How hard do you think it was for Jesus to forgive us? Man, we're wicked people. Bad people. We don't deserve forgiveness. So we must be willing to forgive. I, I read that Mark 11. I'm going to read another one. Matthew chapter 18. Let's go there real quick. I'm going to close with this. Matthew chapter 18. We sang that song tonight. They didn't know what I was going to preach. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. Amazing love. How could it be that you would die for me? Amazing love. Isn't that awesome words? I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. Sometimes it's hard for us to grasp the gospel because we're human. 
sometimes we should we we, we want to say god could you have given us a little better capacity to be like you and understand who you are it's kind of hard for us to understand how god would leave heaven to die for us and if there's one thing i can't wrap my mind around never been able to never will all the way to heaven i'm going to be shocked by the fact that jesus died for a whole lot of people who never will accept him it's the biggest craziest wildest thing i've ever heard that a man would die for someone who would reject him knowing they were going to reject him every time churches across the world are doing altar calls and asking for prayers of salvation and and people say how many don't know jesus and someone in that that congregation around the world tonight how many know all around the world altar calls are being given and people are sitting in churches all around the world and rejecting jesus and many are going into eternity and jesus still died for them crazy that's crazy love it's hard for us to to get that it's hard for us to understand that it's hard for us but god says listen the way i want you to understand it is I want you to give what you've received. Don't accept my forgiveness without understanding that you have to forgive too. You realize that's really all God asks of us is that we would give what we receive, that we would forgive as we've been forgiven. So Matthew 18, say amen if you're there. Let's look at this parable real quick. Verse 23. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's the equivalent of $300 million in this parable. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Watch this, verse 27. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. You know what that basically means to stop just for a second? You know what that basically means when you think about $300 million? It's a debt you can't pay. Impossible. We owe, it's an old song they sing, but we owe a debt. We owe a debt to Jesus we could never, ever pay. Now some religions will try to teach you that you can be good and you can, and you can do better things than bad and, and all these different things. Listen, the, listen, Mother Teresa could never pay for her salvation as good of a woman as she was. She could have lived a thousand lifetimes and not been good enough. Why? Because it's a debt we cannot pay. It's too high. We just have to say it's forgiven. So he gets forgiven of this debt. What verse was that? So he forgave him the debt, verse 27. Then verse 28 says, but that servant, the same servant that was just forgiven, went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, that's like $17. And he laid on him and took him by the throat 
saying, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. But he would not. He went and threw him into prison till he would pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he had called him, said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not, now here's the key right here, should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Isn't that what it comes out? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, shouldn't you forgive others as I have forgiven you? Shouldn't you have had pity on that person as I have had pity on you? And it says his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. And my heavenly father, listen, so my heavenly father also will do to each of you if you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. In Mexico, they would go, We should start doing that. Whenever it's deep, just whistle. Because then everybody's like, what? why are they whistling? Because it's whew, serious. It's funny, huh? It was funny, wasn't it? That's some serious stuff. Right? I mean, it's really strong. It's really, really strong. So he says, listen, I'm willing to forgive you you have to be willing to forgive it's not an option and so basically you're reading here that if you ever get to a point where you stop forgiving you get to a point where you stop being forgiven forgave you all reading the same thing I'm reading you stop forgiving you stop being forgiven period I didn't write it I just I just want to I just want to believe it live it I just want to keep my heart pure because you know what as we listen to this man musicians you can come as we listen to this man on this video and if you haven't seen the video I encourage you to go see it you know what he was really doing he was really realizing I don't have a choice we see as we see him as a as a noble person as a really good person and he is and we go, man, what an amazing thing. But you know, the more I think about it, he just realized he didn't have a choice. You know what he's basically saying to himself? He probably had a talk to himself and said, you know what? I have to forgive this woman. God didn't ask me if I wanted to or not. Because Jesus died on the cross for her too. Just like he died on the cross for my wife. Just like he died on the cross for me. Whether I want to or not, I got to forgive this woman. So when he was saying, my wife or my family and I have no ill will towards her, you know what he was basically saying? I understand the gospel. That if I've been forgiven, I have to forgive. Now that's some serious magnification, but it's still the truth. 
So tonight, maybe there's a wall. Maybe there's a roof or ceiling over your prayer life. Maybe you've been wondering, why in the world am I not having prayers answered? And maybe this isn't for anybody. But maybe there's a wall or a roof or hindrance of the full blessings of God. Or maybe you're that person here tonight that has not forgiven yourself. And God equally says, if you can't forgive yourself, I can't forgive you. I mean, what's worse? It's, if you, it's bad enough not to forgive somebody else. It's even worse if you won't forgive yourself. That's even worse. You must forgive yourself. If Jesus forgave you, you must forgive yourself. It's a power that you have that's been given to you to use. You say, I choose to forgive. There's no limit on how often we should forgive. Man, I forgave a lot last month. Man, I used up my, my, my share. I don't have anything left. There's no limit. If you say, man, I, I, man 2015 was crazy. I, man, you should see how much I forgave. I'm taking 16 off. Saving the rest for 17. Can't do it. Every time someone does something to you, every time someone does something to you, you must forgive them at that moment. Because if you don't, here's what happens. Bitterness begins to build up. Bitterness is dangerous. Here's another statement. Life becomes easier. Listen to this. Life becomes easier when you learn to accept an apology you never got. We're always looking for, well, I'll forgive if they'll come and ask me to forgive them. Won't you forgive them without that? Because you are the one that's in prison, not them. Unforgiveness, listen, here's a couple important points as we close. Unforgiveness hurts us worse than those we don't forgive. We always think erroneously, I am hurting that person. I've got them locked up. I'm not going to forgive them. They are just going to be guilty forever, and you are not hurting them one bit. With people in my life that have hurt me bad, I had to come to that realization. I was not hurting them. I was hurting me. We think, oh, yeah, man, they're miserable. Because, man, they don't even care. They care less. You hurt yourself. So unforgiveness hurts you worse, way worse, than it does the person you won't forgive. Unforgiveness causes a root of bitterness. It'll take hold in your life. Listen, some people live their entire life with a root of bitterness. Some people, if they are not miserable, they don't have any feelings. I mean, they just can't be happy for 10 minutes because there's bitterness. But you can be set free from that. It's just like, man, I was happy for too long this week. I got to get back on track here. Man, what is wrong with me? I smiled way too much this week. Come on, get it together. Unforgiveness will stop the blessing of God in your life unforgiveness will stop the blessing of God in your life. 
Unforgiveness will bring division and destruction to relationships. Division and destruction to relationships. A lot of times when I'm counseling people in marriage or premarital counseling, I look at them and tell them, the problems you're having right now, most of them have nothing to do with the two of you. Let me say that again. You believe it or not, most of the time, the problem is other people affecting that person or other people affecting that person. And instead of them dealing with the people outside that are affecting them, they cut the throat of the person that loves them. It's standing right by their side. Man. Telling you, I've been doing this long enough to know. I'm not going to say 100%, but a lot of the time. It's, and if you've ever heard me counsel, you've heard me say that. You're dealing with something here that has nothing to do with the two of you. But you've allowed the devil and bitterness and unforgiveness and division and destruction to come in but one or the other is not forgiving the last one we must not hold anger towards God we might not know it but deep down inside we would be angry at God listen you can be angry at him all you want but he is not going to get you anywhere he's going to win he's undefeated never lost things that have happened listen that we may not completely understand I don't understand God I don't understand that pain I don't understand that hurt but I'm going to give it to you as you do there's so many bad things that have happened to so many people but what are you going to do with it are you going to let that bitterness hatred anger just destroy you forever are you going to say, God, you forgave me, so I am going to forgive? Because you know what? There's power in forgiveness. Power. You want power? Forgive somebody. It's probably the greatest power you can have. Forgive and forget. Bow your heads, please. Forgive and forget. As your heads are bowed, I want to read this one more time. Be the first to apologize, and you'll be the bravest. In married couples, be the first to apologize. Be the better person. Someone be the better person. Well, I'm just going to wait and see how long it takes for her to forgive me or him to forgive me. You be the one to forgive, and you'll be brave. Be the first to forgive, and you'll be the strongest. And here's the big one. Be the first to forget, and you'll be the happiest. Miserable people are people who hold on to things that they don't need to hold on to. Give it to God. Give it to the Lord. I give it to you, God. I'm not going to let them. You know who wins when you don't forgive? The devil. So if you want to give the devil glory, go ahead. But he's the only one who wins when we don't forgive. He's the only one. God doesn't win. You don't win. The people you don't forgive don't win. But when you forgive, the devil loses. And I don't know about you, but I want the devil to lose every time every day and in every circumstance 
I want God to get the glory and I want the devil to lose every battle. And you and I have the power to defeat the devil tonight with the power of forgiveness. Lord, as we're praying tonight and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and the spirit of the living God is in this place. I've given your message, God, and I pray and hope that there'll be fruit from it. Individually, corporately, God, in every area of our lives, God, help us to obey your word and understand the power of forgiveness. Tonight, as you're listening to the sound of my voice and the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, different areas of your life, how many would say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The one who died for me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He came to the earth that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Why does he have that power to say that? Because he defeated death. Because he conquered death and he did it by forgiveness. No greater love has any man have he laid down his own life for his brother how many quickly would say pastor would you pray for me tonight if I died tonight and went into eternity I don't know where I'd spend it put your hand up and put it right back down say pray for me God bless you I see your hand how many more God bless you I don't know Jesus but I want to I believe that he's the only one that can take my place maybe you're here and you're you're running from God maybe you were raised in church and you know the truth but you are not living for God and God has been saying son, daughter come back to me I want to I do things through you, I want to use you you've got a call on your life, what are you doing for me don't miss another day say that's me I need to come back just put your hand up and put it back down oh the presence of the Lord is here and you know what his presence is it's full of love it's full of forgiveness his love and his forgiveness is immeasurable tonight we can't even understand it or grasp it we're so human it's difficult because we are so busy thinking about other things but when we stop and really think about our lives and how short they are and what they mean we say God I need your help I need to stop being the way I am and I need to start being the way you want me to be because there's not enough time for me to mess around with misery as we stand to our feet tonight I want to ask you 
to do one more thing. I know without a doubt that there are some people that need to get delivered of some unforgiveness. Need to let some things go. Need to stop holding that grudge because you're not hurting anybody but yourself. Tonight you can be free. And you have the power to be free by your choice. But before we pray for that, I want to ask quickly if you raised your hand for salvation. And you say tonight, listen, this spotlight's on me right now. The spotlight's on you. If we could see God tonight, we would see so much light, we couldn't even, couldn't even fathom it. We'd fall to our knees. We'd say, God, I need you. You know, it's just a Sunday night. We say, oh, it's just a Sunday night. This could be the Sunday night for somebody. This could be the moment in time somebody needs to be saved so that they don't go to hell for eternity. We read those verses this morning. Hell is forever. Amen. But we're not going there because Jesus died. Paid the price. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. If you raised your hand, I want you to quickly step out of your seat and just come stand right here in front of me. I want to pray for you tonight. Just quickly, don't, don't wait. I'm not going to beg. Just quickly step out. Amen. Come on, I saw some hands go up. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. You're saying, I'm publicly going to confess. Come on, all of us have done this. We've all done this prayer. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar, devil. You're a liar in the name of Jesus. I want you to close your eyes real quick. Everybody close your eyes. The devil will tell people, and many people have been raised in homes with beliefs. And the devil will tell people, if you choose Jesus, you'll be forsaken. You'll be cast out. Your family won't accept you. The reason that that happens is because Jesus is real. He's hated by the devil because he's real. Because he is the great I am. Because he is the Alpha and the Omega. Because he is the beginning and the end. Because he is the Prince of Peace. Because he is the answer to every question you have tonight. You may be here and you're saying, someone's here and they're saying, I've got questions. The Holy Spirit tells you right now, I've got answers. To every question you have, I've got the answer. You've been searching been looking and you're saying how is this man telling me what I'm thinking it's God it's the Holy Spirit so I say these things through the Holy Spirit so you'll know he's talking to you you'll know he's real and you'll know tonight he wants your heart but you got to give it to him you got to surrender you got to lay it down say like Paul did I no longer live but Christ lives within me because on the day of judgment that name 
He's the only name that's going to matter. Jesus. As we open up these altars tonight, I believe by stepping out, coming to this altar, I'm going to do something a little different than I normally do. Being obedient to the Holy Spirit. I don't want just everybody. A lot of times we'll say just everybody come and just find find a place. I want to specifically pray tonight for people who need to forgive something. Not to embarrass you, but to see fruit right here at this altar. Because I believe whoever steps out and humbles themselves, something's going to happen. Power to forgive. Power to forgive. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you need to forgive somebody else. Whatever it is, just come down. And if you're standing back there and you're going, I ain't letting nobody know I've gotten forgiveness, then you just keep it there. Stay that way. You need to get to a place where you stop caring what other people, you know, listen, I could care less, honestly, what any of you think about me. I care what God thinks. None of you will be standing with me when I stand before God. My daughter won't, my wife won't, my parents won't, you won't. I'll be by myself. So I don't care what you think. You've got to get to the place where you stop caring what other people think about you. I care what God thinks about me. I could care less because I'm going to get victory. I'm going to be healed. And there's power in forgiveness.